The following podcast is a Simpronto Media production. She's a business mogul. Number one. And wellness expert. How can I help? And now Chantel Ray and her amazing guests are here to guide you on your wellness journey. Time to level up. Welcome to the Waste Away Podcast. Check out this quick snippet from the Fasting Reset Summit. And to claim your free ticket, go to FastingResetSummit.com. Let's listen in. Hey, guys. Welcome to today's episode. And we are so excited. We have Dr. Gus Vickery. And we're going to be talking about intermittent fasting and so much more. So talk to us a little bit, Dr. Gus, about you yourself, for people who don't know you, give us a little bit of a background of, of who you are and what is your personal journey with intermittent fasting? Thank you, Chantel. And I appreciate you having me on your show today. And I appreciate the opportunity to speak with your audience. Um, I'm a family physician. I live in Asheville, North Carolina, and I've had a traditional family practice for 15 years. In addition, we work, we do some other projects uh, helping people get better access to health care. In addition, I've written extensively on human health and human potential and really enjoy teaching people the truth about their body, their body's designed and how they can optimize mind and body through simple strategies. And that's become kind of my primary area of focus is helping individuals understand their potential and then use the right strategies in their lifestyle to optimize that. Fasting, it's a, it's a, just one of my favorite areas of discussion because there's been so much misinformation and misunderstanding regarding fasting. And when I published my book, it published about a year and a half ago, and I had written the material for it, of course, probably three and a half years ago had finished. And at that time, I was introducing fasting as a concept because we had been working with it in our practice and seen a lot of improvement in individuals, their ability to have sustainable weight loss, how they felt, plus reversal of insulin resistance and diabetes. And so we had been seeing the results of introducing fasting in our own patients and clients had been experiencing the benefits, but at that time, it had not become more of a pop culture phenomenon. Now it is, and I think that's great. So I was constantly having to defend the practice because people would still start with, is this safe? Okay, you can't miss it. You know, can I miss a meal? Isn't that, isn't that dangerous for me? And I had to keep teaching them. And then as soon as I would explain biological ancestry and feeding patterns, they'd be like, that makes perfect sense. And they'd understand they'd kind of been duped by the food industry into thinking they're supposed to eat all the time. For myself personally, I began experimenting with it mainly because I, I had three small children and a really busy practice and I was involved in a lot of different activities. And what I found was, and this, I'm not saying this is the healthiest thing, but the time for eating wasn't always present. But I also noticed that I often wasn't hungry. And I began to just experiment with skipping a meal and saying, you know, I think I'll just get into my productivity flow and go with what my body shows me in terms of need, stay hydrated, stay mindful. You know, and I began to experience this improvement in energy and in focus, and of course, a reduction in hunger. And then when it was time to eat, I could sit and I could really be intentional about eating, eating the foods that I knew would nourish me rather than trying to eat on the fly. And a lot of what my patients have reported is they have this, when they get an empowerment over their hunger signaling, it spills over into the rest of their life. That if they can actually decide when they're going to eat and what they're going to eat and not be controlled just by cravings and impulses, that in every other domain of their life, they could apply that skill. And it unlocked a lot of potential for them. So over the last 
five to six years, I've used different patterns of intermittent fasting, different patterns of water fasting and dry fasting, all for different purposes for my health. My daily pattern would be pretty much a three to two hour, well, a two to three hour feeding window, which I'm not telling most people, if you're new to fasting, I'm not suggesting you start with that. I've been doing this for years. But for most days, I'm not going to get hungry until around four in the afternoon. I mean, I might have small waves of hunger, and we could talk about this in this discussion so people understand how to interpret that. But those pass quickly. It's due to what we call intestinal peptide signaling. And every one of us has a circadian clock for that type of signaling. So we'll experience these hunger waves. And there are just simple strategies where you can overcome that because that's not real hunger. And what I find is that if I wait until between four and five to start feeding and then try to wrap it up by seven so I can be with my family when we eat our dinner, that works great for me. And I do eat adequately during that time. I eat a lot of really good food. And then I just don't get hungry again the next day until late afternoon. If you go to ChantelRayway.com right now, you can get my ebook and audiobook bundled for just $4.99. You can get either one of my books, Waste Away, the latest edition, or Fasting to Freedom for that same price. So go online right now, ChantelRayway.com, and don't miss one heck of a deal. Hunger signaling is complex because it involves neurotransmitters, dopamine and serotonin, which have to do with craving and emotions, intestinal peptides that signal when the gut's been empty for a while that give us that feeling in our gut, and hormones that regulate energy balance like leptin, insulin, ghrelin, and others that are trying to make sure that we have adequate energy storage for utilization during periods that we're not eating. So hunger signaling is involving all of those pathways. And then it, so the way we experience is different. The hunger waves we were, you were just asking about, those are typically involving your circadian clock and something called ghrelin, which comes from your intestines and it signals a desire to eat. And it's based on volume signaling. So essentially your gut's been empty for a while, you've not put any food and you begin to feel that feeling in your stomach, ooh, I could eat. And it can be a powerful feeling. It can feel like, you know, you might be a little nauseated. You might feel like you really need to eat, but that is just a temporary hunger wave. It doesn't really indicate stress response. Your body is feeling like it's in, in peril. It's just simply your circadian clock saying, hey, if you think about it, you could eat. And, um, and, and you know, of course, historically from a paradigm of ancestry, when we would not always have opportunities to eat, it would remind us to eat if we could because food wasn't in abundance like it is now. So when you feel a hunger wave, that type of wave throughout your day, and, it'll, and if you start working with fasting, you'll always find it happens at certain times based on your own circadian rhythm, um, your biological clock. And so you begin to know, oh, at 10 a.m., I'm going to feel one of those waves. And then I might feel another one at 2 p.m. And if it's just the hunger wave, just that surge, well, first, recognize it's very, it's temporary. It's like a 10 to 15 minute signal and then it's gone. So if you're busy, you're being productive, you've got things to focus on and your mind goes onto other areas that you need your focus, usually you, that sensation will subside and it'll just dissipate with no other, no other action than just simply staying productive and redirecting your focus. The other thing that can turn off a ghrelin wave is exercise. Exercise induces mm. release of catecholamines in your body. Catecholamines are adrenal hormones that tell us it's time to release fuel into our bloodstream like fatty acids and glucose, and it's time to reduce hunger signaling and increase energy allocation. So if a person is beginning to experience a ghrelin wave or they're about to enter the time where they know they will, literally two minutes 
of just some form of exercise, some squats, some jumping jacks, uh, enhanced walking, whatever, it will actually mitigate or minimize that wave. And then since it's a volume cue, you can mitigate it with just putting something into your stomach. So fluids, right? Drinking a big glass of pure filtered water, you can put lemon or lime if you want, that will not change a fast. And that will fill up your stomach and it won't eliminate the wave altogether, but it will reduce its intensity. And then you have the ability just to push through and before you know it, it's, it's gone. You're not even feeling it any longer. This is just a snippet of one of the presentations you'll hear in our Fasting Reset Summit. This is a four-day virtual event where you can hear from over 30 world-class experts, leaders, and doctors talking about the healing powers of fasting. This is a way that you can discover the secrets to a healthier lifestyle by just practicing fasting. You can claim your free ticket right now at FastingResetSummit.com. Thanks for listening to this episode, and we'll see you on the next one.